0: And you said to survive, it's important to scale. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I suppose there's always, there can be always new companies coming into the market. Yeah. So, so globally, mo- most industries are competitive and anyone that, that kind of stands still, um, it leaves kind of room for competition to enter the market.
0: In our last podcast, Scott Holder, founder of Los Chicanos Taqueria, asked us for help scaling his business, an often weather dependent food truck. Conor with PwC's scale-up division came to our aid, he warned that scaling is not a business nice to have but critical if you want to stay competitive.
1: One, one barrier uh, for entry of new competitors that we see is to continue to evolve and, and to continue to grow yeah. and, and that, that way makes it more difficult to others to, to catch up and get ahead.
0: Welcome, welcome, Connor. It's very nice to have you on and you're our expert who was brought in on Scott Holder's request, the founder of Los Chicanos, Taqueria, who, his business is interesting and I'm going to play you the clip.
1: I mean, one of our biggest challenges and probably the biggest challenge with any food truck in Ireland is consistency. It's, mm. it's very weather dependent here. So kind of winter is quite dead and then it's all go mm. in the summer. So I suppose one area I'm still focusing on is kind of scaling Um taking an operation that's very much dependent on you being there and systemizing that and scaling it to allow you to come out and run the business. So, you know, right. I suppose everything I do is, is dependent on me being there. It's dependent on me driving the truck, me, me yes. doing everything. But, you know, you can't, you can't scale and you can't increase the business when you're in that. So I suppose uh, it's, it's trying to pull you out of the business and systemize it.
0: So, Connor, what is scaling? What is that when it comes to small businesses?
1: So, every every business has a different aspect of scale. So mm-hmm. often, what we would see is companies would use Ireland as a testing ground, and then they would look to expand abroad um, into new markets. Obviously, the population in Ireland is quite small compared to other jurisdictions. So often, what we would see is, is companies expanding overseas expanding into new jurisdictions and basically accessing new markets. But scale can be different for everyone. Scale can mean accessing other local markets Mm. in Ireland or for different industries. It can mean expanding on a global scale and accessing new markets abroad.
0: For Scott in particular, he was his only permanent staff member, and he felt like in order to scale further, hiring was a big part of that and being able to grow in a in a very wet market. or a food truck was an important thing for him. Is that a problem that you're finding with a lot of founders in Ireland? Is finding the right people an issue?
1: Uh, absolutely, it's, it's a challenging mm. aspect for, for all whole business mm. in, in terms of building their team. And, and there's a few things that we, we generally say in yeah. these contexts one, um, trying one, trying to get the, the right person. So um, first of all, determine how much capacity they have for resources what type of resource do they need mm-hmm. Um, what area do they need what's what's going to add the most value and how is that going to free up the founders time mm-hmm. and, and where is the potential return there we would always say kind of take the time to interview the right candidate because sometimes if companies are firefighting they might just say right get anyone in yeah. and, and and help out but getting the right person involved could, could be critical and as well there are lots of great government supports out there so you can look to the local enterprise office, Enterprise Ireland, who um, will contribute towards the maintenance of employment uh, in the state. So there might be some supports that can subsidize the cost mm. of salaries.
0: And I mean, Scott, before he even endeavored to do this, put a lot of money into his truck. You know, you heard his full episode. He mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time building up this truck to to properly scale it and afford to get in the right people. How do you go about upping a profit margin like that are there steps that he should take to try and get that kind of money in for those kinds of resources
1: so in terms of raising raising capital obviously having a good business plan in place is important and yeah. um, so it'll be important for investors and for le- for lenders they'll want to see how the business plans mm-hmm. to grow how, how, they, how they determine getting a return on, on their investment so it's important to have a good plan in place, which shows kind of the strategy to growth because mm. ultimately businesses survive through scale uh, and tr- and through growing in the market. So having a good business plan out there, have, having validation in place, so, so proving the model with, with customers and that there's a demand for the product and showing that that they have the, the track record to be able to execute the business plan. Mm. Um, their kind of criteria that we're seeing in the market that companies that are becoming successfully funded um, would have.
0: And you said to survive, it's important to scale. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I suppose there's always there can be always new companies coming into the market. Yeah. So so globally, mo- most industries are competitive, and anyone that that kind of stands still, um, it leaves kind of room for competition to enter the yeah. market. So one one barrier uh, for entry of new competitors that we see is to continue to evolve. And, and to continue to grow, yeah, and and that, that way makes it more difficult to others to, to catch up and mm. get ahead.
0: Speaking on that evolution um, of business and adjustments, I'm assuming for your markets are also particularly important. For instance, Scott himself began wanting to do a food truck that stops and serves and that kind of thing, and found that it was hard to get people in Dublin to come out, <laughs> particularly mm. in the rainy season when it kept raining on them, and found he was having more success with events, um, is that kind of movement, that kind of adaptability really important for scale or
1: uh, ab- can you just
0: head on and try and get through? Uh,
1: absolutely, yeah. the, the ability to pivot um, mm. we, we see is very important because the, the best feedback for the market you'll get is from your customers yeah. and to be able to react and, and, and know what's working well, what's not working well and, and make, make things better or make that little adjustment and it could take a bit of time, could take a bit of resilience, a bit, a bit of patience, but that flexibility and adaptability uh, will mean that they can get that right moment, mm-hmm. which which they can get the stars to align and ultimately get to scale.
0: Do you find generally that founders struggle a little bit with that adjustment because they go in with a dream? I'm assuming we all go in with that. It should be perfect. This is how it's supposed to
1: look. Yeah, so I suppose a lot of the successful founders that we'll see that they'll have a business plan and they'll say, from the outset, look, this is what, what we think that we'll need to do. But they're always flexible in terms yeah. of as they go along the way, they will need to make adjustments uh, in order to execute and, and they'll need to react to the mm-hmm. market, they'll need to react to their specific circumstances. And they're not, I suppose, married to their idea from the from the start yeah. and, and they're reacting to the feedback they're getting um, from the market uh, and from the various stakeholders.
0: Now you mentioned the business plan twice, and I think it's super important that mm-hmm. we bring it in. What does a successful business plan look like? Is scalability built into it? Is yeah. It like so, over time?
1: so, so the business plan would would have a focus on scale. A lot of the business plans that we mm-hmm. would see, they'd kind of have a, a long term goal um, and and in terms of supported by financial projections as as to where they want to get, usually in a five year period, and it'll be broken down into small steps. Um, so that they can achieve that goal. So it just it gives them a bit of direction. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives them a bit of structure to show that they have an end objective and how can we break this down to ultimately get to this? Um, For example, if it was a medical device company, they might have a milestone of getting regulatory approval and then they might go on to, to the next step. So every industry is kind of different in mm-hmm. their goals. Um, Some will have goals of profitability at various different stages. But uh, the plan will give them a bit of direction in terms of how they can go from from the current step to the next step.
0: Okay, and that plan because I think it's a it's a pretty critical thing. And Lord knows I'm no founder, so teach me, please, Connor. Um, Can you draft that yourself? How important is it to get help to look over that? I mean, not everyone is a a business expert. You know, you have a great idea it could work but that doesn't mean necessarily you know what you're doing when you're planning
1: well there's actually uh, a good support offered by enterprise ireland um, which will subsidize um, the the cost of a business plan of preparing a detailed business plan financial projections because like you said the founders will will have details about the product details about the market but just articulating it all together it can actually be time consuming as, as well as as everything else and obviously they have to focus on running and scaling a business day today. So like that, there are some supports like that available um that can help ease kind of that, that administrative task for them and free up some time um and have their business plan kind of kind of neat in those uh, in that method.
0: Fast tracked. Well I mean that's incredible. That's already a lot of support in Ireland's markets. It's it's actually very, very impressive. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that are leading to you know founders and businesses not succeeding. Things that these founders really need to look out for.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose there are kind of two primary risks um, that people associate kind of with, with startups. Is, was one being market risk, and two being the execution risk. So market risk, I suppose, would be it could have great great technology or whatever the mm. product is, but but people mightn't actually come along and buy it. And execution risk is is that is about kind of the founders executing the business plan and, and executing the idea. So I suppose to validate your market as early as possible mm. um, is a big thing. And we even see that with companies that are raising funding, that they'll have traction of sales, traction of users. How can they prove that that there actually is a demand for, for this product? And then having the execution risk in terms of being able to really show how you're, how you're going to... To sell the product how you're going to market it how you're going to attract users how you're going to attract customers how you're going to build up the brand so having kind of clear um methodology and how people will do those things is is a difference and i suppose in ireland obviously the challenge is that the the pool is quite small compared to other countries so just being able to to access the customers here as they can and then look to look to expand where possible into bigger markets
0: Okay. So, I mean, we're just going to generally touch on Scott's case. What are the figures he might need to look into getting? Is it how many tacos I can sell? How many events I can get to how much profit I'm making?
1: I suppose every business, uh, would, would measure, would measure their achievements in different, in different Mm -hmm. ways. For example, you might have a web company that might be measured based on its user base and that might be the most attractive thing to them. You might have other companies that would be the value of their IP. So yeah. how they can develop their intangible assets, what, what's that going to be worth? And then others will be on sales and, and multiple of EBITDA So I suppose it's about kind of looking at their own set of circumstances and seeing in terms of getting to the end goal that I want to get to in five years time, I suppose what what does that look like for me? Yeah. Does that look a certain amount of users, certain amount of customers operating in a certain amount of jurisdictions? Is it just pure revenue, pure Mm. profitability at at the end of the bottom line? So it's about kind of figuring out what is, what, what is success in that particular industry and how can that be measured?
0: Okay, cool. And once you've measured that, now you've got it, Mm. you have gotten the funding assumably because you've measured that and you've gotten Mm. the funding round. Now you need to get the right people. But I think we all know that Ireland has a bit of a brain drain. A lot of our exports are actually our people here. Uh, Which means that a lot of your people are leaving and it's very hard for startups, particularly startups, to retain their skills. You know, you don't want to spend all of that time training someone and then they up and leave you. What is the process for finding a good person for your business? Where should they go?
1: Yeah, so it's a it's a good question, and it is is something that we we see a lot, and that people want to attract key talent, yeah, and they want to retain them. And obviously, the the challenge with startups is that they mightn't have the same cash resources mm. as say a multinational who, who can pay them increased salaries. So, a lot of startups we see put in a, in place uh, effective management incentive plans, mm. which would involve equity remuneration for, for the founders. So they're able to grow with with the business uh, and their kind of stake and potential remuneration can grow with the business and the more they contribute the more kind of equity that they generate and the idea is when they build um, Mm -hmm. their remuneration and their package it builds with them so a lot of successful uh, success stories that we've seen in the start startup market a lot of their key resources that come in early on they'll participate uh, in the equity business under different equity plans and contribute to the growth and get ultimately remunerated how um, well
0: does that really work because i mean you can't pay the bills with the promises that someone else's startup will work is it do you still need a brave kind of employee for that to work out
1: uh, absolutely and, and look usually there's a hybrid of things again there are there are good supports to cover salaries uh, in the local enterprise office and stuff yeah. like that and, and that can help towards bridging the gap i suppose with what you can afford to pay a resource versus what they could get elsewhere i suppose when the people see the the potential uh in the company they know that there could be a massive exit plan there could be ultimate method to kind of really realize liquidity on a potential sale of the business and, and that would could really attract them of course people mm-hmm. will have different circumstances and you'll have some people that might want to be getting on the property ladder and that sort of thing. But we've often found that people with good management incentive plans in place have been able to recruit key talents um, to help them build build their business and reach their goals.
0: Is it possible for I know a lot of founders do things on their own, you know, um, Scott not being exempt from that. He hits the kitchen, packs the truck, (laughs) all of that stuff on his own. A lot of the grunt work is done by him. Is it possible to get to a stage where you can actually trust those employees to carry that forward so you can do some of those management tasks? And is that a good idea for a, a founder at that stage of business yeah. to start trusting? And
1: and and that's where it comes back to the point in terms of planning out exactly what resource is required. So what what is low risk potentially mm-hmm. for, for the founder? What, what resource can they trust them with? How is that going to free up their time? And how is it going to add value? So are they a lot of successful founders that we see actually hire people with skills that they don't have yeah so there might be um developers for example and they might hire a sales person they might hire a marketing pay person that That's sort of clear, thing yeah. so having a diversified team is really important because no one can do everything so and every everyone has, has different skills mm-hmm. and the more i suppose diversity you have in your team in terms of the skill sets um will enable you to to grow and, and scale. Um, by by touching this different aspects of the business that no one can hit alone.
0: That's interesting. So don't hire what you can do. If you can do it, keep doing it for as long mm-hmm. as you can. Seems to be the, the best approach to it and get other people who can't do what you can do so you don't struggle.
1: Abs- absolutely. If someone has a really strong mm-hmm. particular skill, as opposed to trying to, I suppose, take away from that and and focus time elsewhere. If you can hire someone else who also has a different uh, really good skill, then that makes a a compatible team and that everyone is adding value in in different ways.
0: And what's the success looking like in Ireland for these startups looking to scale?
1: I suppose success is is different for everyone. Some companies will want to scale up to the point that they can survive and they can financially every year they're not worried about getting funding in to support their business their business can can survive itself success for other people will will be to exit so to scale up their business and and to exit out and for others it'll be to get to a stage where they can raise enough funds that they can really expand and become a key global player and stay on in the business so success has a different meaning to everyone but it usually results in happy faces at the end of the day (laughs)
0: Yeah, we all want those happy faces. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wants to go into business and just think, "Oh, that was a total nightmare." But we've heard from a couple of founders that scaling is particularly hard. I don't. What is it in this market that makes it hard? With all of those additional resources, why are they struggling?
1: So, so there are challenges. Um, They're kind of global challenges now mm. with kind of inflation on costs. Um, it's more and more competition. Thankfully, the 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 world is becoming more pro startups, and, and mm-hmm. there's more innovation and ideas coming into the market. And it can be a, a tough spot, especially when, when you're on your own or you have a small kind of founder team, and you haven't many resources. You're you're doing a lot of the work, a lot of the heavy lift yourself. But I suppose that's what my, that's what makes founders so special that that they have kinds of the courage to go out and pursue their startup venture. Uh, and really try build something and and climb up, and, and that's why they're, they're such an important aspect mm. of, of the economy.
0: Speaking of that courage, it's a huge element. I'm wondering now, Ireland is attracting huge players. I mean, yourself, you're from PwC, that's a huge global player. Does that make it harder for local startups, those smaller businesses, to to break into a market? Um, are they a boon? for startups or are they a bit of a challenge
1: well we see a lot of talent now um wanting wanting to be in the, the startup yeah. world so wanting to to build their own business want have their own ideas and want to come out and pursue them um and there are supports out there that are encouraging that yeah. um we were a lot actually, of
0: them coming from those big businesses
1: yeah and i'm I, even chatting to some universities re- recently they're all kind of strongly trying to push entrepreneurship into their into their colleges through different kind of events and even through different modules and they're kind of building a a mindset amongst people now that people kind of want to come on and be Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and and to lead a business and come up with the next idea and people are becoming more innovative. So I think the culture is there that now people can see what can be done. Obviously, there's some success stories in Ireland and stuff like that. And people see that as they're growing up and stuff and think, I'd I'd love to Mm -hmm run a business someday so we think the culture is kind of changing that way and becoming more entrepreneurial um, than it has been thankfully
0: i think it definitely is if i'm thinking of my age group and i have to be that one i am under 30 so that's interesting but people seem less interested in that nine to five post Mm -hmm. is that and i mean we're encouraging it like you just said Mm -hmm. there is such a huge push towards it i read somewhere that most of Ireland's businesses are under 10 employees. Mm. What is the boon really of having a thousand teeny tiny startups all scattered out your economy? Are we looking for big global players to come out of these startups eventually? Or are small scale businesses really key for this economy?
1: Yeah, small scale businesses are are critical to the economy and, Mm. and that's that's why there's such support in place for them, and, and that's why the likes of, of Enterprise Ireland and local enterprise offices and mm. stuff are supporting it. They they create and maintain employment in the state. When they expand abroad, they create a lot of kind of jobs in Ireland. They compete with other players, they extra attract different people into the market. So it is and it also provides support to to the rural economy and, and yeah. stuff like that. So as well as just kind of in Dublin, where a lot of the the key corporations are, so yeah, they, we see them as a pivotal part of the economy, and that's why we see the the growing support and encouragement for more and more uh, entrepreneurs to mm. come into the market.
0: Are they filling? Are they filling a really key gap? What is that gap? I mean, surely it's easier to have one business license for three hundred people than. Mm-hmm. You Know what is the key gap that they fill in terms of providing? I don't know.
1: Well, I suppose Ireland would be fortunate that it would have had a lot of foreign direct investments, yeah. Um, and huge amounts, huge, recently. huge amount. And, and you walk through the city and you see large multinational mm-hmm. corporations on every cornerstone. But I suppose the startups in Ireland are helping the econ- economy become as self sustainable as possible.
0: Oh, I see. Okay,
1: so that you have Irish indigenous businesses and, and they're kind of more and more founders coming into the market and, and they're bringing up Irish companies and Irish companies and those companies hopefully can grow to an extent to, to compete with, with with some of the larger players and, and makes Ireland more competitive and more attractive as a location for people. And, and like you touched on earlier on in, in terms of talent to, yeah. to retain the talent and the talent can see, well, if I stay here, I can yeah. come up with this business. This is the opportunity that, that I have. So there's a massive kind of contribution to the overall economy that way.
0: Okay. I mean, that's a great thing. And this is what I love about PwC is that you guys are always so willing to offer your time to help small businesses, to help media houses, to help people truly understand their economy and how things are operating around them. Is there any guidance you can give as a PwC expert for the likes of people like Scott, those founders looking to scale, where should they go? Where should they be looking? Um, What portals are available that they may Mm -hmm. not be aware of right now and really ought to be? I know you mentioned Enterprise Island quite a bit. I think they are a key uh, uh, cornerstone for every entrepreneur to visit at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So from our perspective, so we're we're part of the PwC private team Mm -hmm. and we'd support a wide range of of founders uh, and and businesses from individuals uh, to early stage startups right up to mature smes um large corporates and, and private equity and and we're always happy to to have a, a conversation with any founder over a cu- cup of coffee or otherwise um they can get me personally through linkedin how much
0: do you charge them connor <laughs> no
1: we're, we're happy happy to happy to catch up informally oh um, wow sort of that's way. fantastic yeah uh, we like to support the industry and, and that sort of thing that's whatever brilliant. way we can so
0: and you were saying you're on linkedin
1: on linkedin as well yeah so and then connor.meany at Com, but yeah no it's not it's not a, a case of uh charges coming in page or anything like that we're just we we, we love the space you know? we like to touch base and see all the pr- impressive talent that, that's coming through the door so always happy to, to to meet with someone if they have any questions always happy to engage
0: well, I think that's a key point for us. So if anyone is out there, like the likes of Scott, people like Connor, people are like Enterprise Island, these people, people like um, Connor's co-workers at PwC are available to chat to you informally, give you some guidance, show you some portals. Don't miss out on, on heading them up. Don't miss out on asking questions if you don't know the answers. And when you're scaling, take Connor's advice and scale out of your... Comfort zone, scale for things that you don't know how to do and begin there and branch out. I think that's some really great advice. Connor. do you have anything to add that I haven't touched on that scaling founders need to know? Um,
1: I suppose just generally what we'd see is, I suppose, just having the right technology, having the right people, uh, having the product market fit and then just, just being aware of your competitors uh, and what's your unique selling point and, and how you can differentiate from themselves. And like we spoke about earlier, I suppose, having a plan in place, but the ability mm. to, to pivot and, and adaptability.
0: I love that. It sounds like we covered it all. Make sure you can pivot, make sure you've mm. got that plan set up, make sure it's great, solidly set and you know where you're going, but you're not afraid of change. Love it. Thank you so much for coming in, Connor. Thank you so much for your help.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Cheers. It's been great. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Found It, a production of Factory 44, Ireland's on-demand creative studio based in the heart of Dublin. Found It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, please take a second to subscribe for more episodes and join the conversation on our socials at Factory 44 Studio. If you're looking to record a podcast or are interested in becoming a member of Factory 44, Book a call on our website at www.factory44.io.